Welcome back, Origin family, to the Origin Experience podcast. Today, somewhat similar to our last episode, I sit down with another fitness entrepreneur who's somewhat new to the game, a budding yoga instructor, Jessica Lee, who has supported a lot of my previous events. So I was really happy to sit down with her and, uh, you know, we really learned from each other here. She's a career coach and yoga instructor. So the way that we structure origin and the holistic approach we take to where day one, we talk a lot about careers and work and things like that. It was really useful um, to have her here and to talk with her about you know, how all these things affect your overall health and maybe even um, incorporate her with some of uh, the onboarding for, for new members that are finding their way in their career. So I really hope you enjoy this. Um, she has an event that we talk about also put in the show notes. Saturday, December 1st at Being Yoga. So keep an eye out for that as well. Thank you, guys. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to the Origin Experience, everybody. So we've had an episode where we introduced Angelo. We had Alice on. We had Albert on, who is a fitness entrepreneur. Now we have another one, Jessica Lee, who quit her day job about four months ago. Uh, went full-time into exploring one of her other passions, or her main passion, which is yoga instruction. And uh, we're here to talk about some of the ups and downs, the how-tos, and anything in between. So, uh, Jessica, why don't you introduce yourself to our, our audience? Hey, everyone. I'm Jessica. I'm a Bay Area native, and one of the rare breeds now, apparently. <laughs> and so, um, I made the jump. I pursuing my passion um, being a yoga instructor as well as career coaching I have many passions and this is one of the things that I guess being your own boss and learning more about yourself and creating new things and it's been quite a ride so I'm excited to be getting a talk here and to learn more about from each other and share what I've learned too throughout the process nice Um, so what are you doing what is your average nine to five look like now or you're six to six or <laughs> eight to eight five to eight what does it look like now how many classes are you teaching where are you instructing so we can go find you yeah totally so I'm a budding yoga instructor and I finished my 200 hour early in July and I'm almost done with my 500 hour yoga teacher training and so right now I'm in the process of wrapping that up and then putting feelers out of where to teach and so one of the exciting things is I can teach private practice, so if you're looking for a yoga instructor to come to your place or a different space, I'm available to do that, as well as teaching at SF States for faculty and staff, as well as other Bay Area studios, um, such as Being Yoga in Burlingame. So that's actually my home studio, where I really first started the love of the practice of yoga. It's a Bikram style, but they're really expanding to very uh, different styles, so I'm excited to be jumping in and I'm teaching a special Saturday class December 1st, 4.30 to 5.45. If you're all interested in checking out. I saw that. Yeah, and so it's a very full circle. It's like a homage, so I'm excited that I get to do that. 
My typical day is very different. Um, I had come from a career counseling background, so a lot of people assume career counselors just help you get the job, help you prep for the resume and everything, and you just get the job and that's it. But career counselors, we're kind of badasses. Like, that's my pitch. I'm trying to change the world one career counselor at a time. It sounds like it. Yeah, and so it's working with, well, what are you really kind of unhappy about work? Can we resolve it at work? Maybe you're not comfortable talking to HR about it because... We never know, right? And so we're there as a third party. We remain neutral and objective for you um, through that process and really helping you figure out what are the next steps, whether it be talking to your manager, advocating for your needs, like if a huge thing, if you're going on maternity leave, what are your what is your rights, and then how do you come back and making that onboarding process come back while you're still caring for a new life and also wanting to put a good foot back into the workspace. And so that's what I do, and then I'm a huge advocate of work-life balance. So I'm trying my best to walk the walk and to talk the talk, yeah. where I try to have set boundaries for myself. Now, it's very easy to sleep until 10 a.m. and mm. just wake up and roll and then like maybe go on my laptop. And so I try to set the boundary of at least getting my coffee and then getting started on my emails by 9 o'clock, do some work, do some outreach, um, learn. This is a huge learning process. I'm in this huge learning phase right now. So at first I was learning about like where do I go register my fictitious business name, oh, tax I mean, that's stuff. A huge learning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a then, huge learning experience. And then learning about the emotional roller coaster ride. Like one like one minute I'm super excited for the opportunity, another one you hear and know and then so huge mood sways in the front end, at least in the first month or so doing it. And now um, it's slowly finding out what works best for me. So about like 10 or 11, I'll get my practice in. I do a home yoga practice, or sometimes I go to a yoga studio where I may not have the energy for myself to you know, listen to my body, and so I need someone to tell me what to do. Thank goodness for other yoga instructors. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. super valuable. Yeah, and so that gives me a good break, and then I take my lunch, and then I go back to whether it be learning new content, putting out new content on social media, and continue to and then I have private clients now so then I'll go see clients and or I'll go teach at SF State or whether it be yoga or classes so that's super cool yeah that um that that up and down you're talking about I know it very well like yeah one day I'm the man and I know how to do everything around here like I know how to retain outreach yeah. teach a great class and the next day like I don't know how to do anything mm-hmm. I can't even tie my shoes like it's that that resonates super hard. Yeah, it's it's just part of the game. But you got to know that your if your intentions are good, I think, mm-hmm. which it, I, I know yours are, like everything's gonna play out okay. Yeah, thanks. Um, what is been, like? How did you? I think something really relatable mm-hmm. is that I know you liked your previous, you mm-hmm. loved your previous job, yeah. but you still made the switch. There are a lot of people. Maybe speaking from the career counseling yeah. side and also the side of someone who's done it before, how did you gain the courage to make that change? Because uh, oh. there are a lot of people that either are unhappy with their mm-hmm. job or you know, they just feel like they could be doing something, be doing something more true to themselves yeah. or that fits their work-life balance a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, how, do you, how did you gain the courage to do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I have to be honest, this isn't my first time making a huge transition. So in undergrad, I was a performing arts major and then made oh, wow. the switch 
um, do a lot of soul searching. So I think that's why career counseling, I'm so passionate about it because I've been through a lot of the hard parts of it. And I think the most challenging part for folks is that willing to be in the uncomfortable part. I think right now we're just like, oh my gosh, it's so uncomfortable. And we're so had that instant gratification. I'm like, let me put on a face sheet mask. Let me like go get a massage or do anything that we want to do to avoid the most uncomfortable stuff. But mm. from my experience and also talking with a whole bunch of people that I've worked with in career counseling is that really sticking through it and really being able to come out on the other side, that's where your huge growth is and that's where you learn more about yourself to make that plunge. And so I switched over to counseling. I didn't know what a career counselor was. So <clears throat> during my transition period, I did a whole bunch of learning, a whole bunch of different stuff. I like worked in retail. I did mm. e-commerce marketing and all that stuff. And then so knowing that was a painful process and knowing that, hey, I got into counseling and then I found a job at Scholar Match that I really love. It's a great organization working with at-risk students and high school and college students. And then knowing that it's okay, I have these traits I've already gained from Paper Suit before, even though, yes, I did, like, before deciding to leave the organization, I definitely was feeling nervous because I also, at the time, I didn't know much about career counseling. I didn't know much by myself. So I was isolating myself a lot and felt really terrible because I'm naturally an extrovert. Mm -hmm. And so putting all these safeguards of, like, okay, I know that when I leave this organization, one, I'm going to be really terrified and like I have anxiety so I talked to a few coworkers who I'm still really close with I'm like hey can you be the person that I'm accountable for checking on me um and so we're really tight I actually have a check-in call with her later today that's great and so having that set up letting your main social support like hey I'm going to be doing this big change so don't take the plunge yet I would say create that strategy and know what is it that you need and I also know that I need structure I was like okay I can't just let myself wake up at 10 a.m. every day or like maybe push it back to 11 or 12. It's very easy to slide into that. And then making a hard roll. By 9 a.m., get myself up, at least drink coffee, at least get my email done. Um, And what's been really helpful is that yoga. Um, Because I'm a yoga instructor, they always recommend you have to have your home practice. You can't teach what you don't practice for yourself. And so being able to move energy in and out of my body or like some days where I'm feeling very stuck, maybe I don't do a vigorous vinyasa practice. Maybe I do restorative yoga practice to really be in tune with yourself. Um, Definitely have um, some financial cushions saved up. (laughs) But being a little bit more practical. um, And yeah, and really seeing if you're able and willing to give you that time frame. Like, it's really easy to quit, I think, after week one because then you're just going so many emotional things. Um, I can't believe it's already been like a month or so. Like, yeah. I thought it feels like two months. And so, really being kind to yourself and really attuned. So, really listening to, hey, I'm really having a tough day and be like, it's okay that I'm having a tough day right. and find community. I think that's the biggest thing. And so, I've joined a lot of groups either through Facebook or anything like that where a lot of people are asking questions and people are always willing to give back answers. So, finding what group works best for you. So, I'm part of uh, women helping women entrepreneurs and that's been really helpful nice. with that because as women as um, there are so many questions and then sometimes we're intimidated to ask or we don't know who to get responses from that group has so many questions and a lot of people are willing to jump in to add that and that's been some of the saving graces that really has kept me strong and like continuing to pursue my passion too I was surprised when I first started doing this and started reaching out to local industry leaders, like mm-hmm. people that own five to 20 gyms. 
Yeah. Like somehow had time and were very willing to help me out. Mm-hmm. It was it was a change in mindset. You know, yeah. you're not really as alone in this journey as you thought you were. Yeah. Like there were so many people. Yeah. Like people that I thought of as heroes that I'd only heard on podcasts or seen on YouTube, but were local that I reached out to and replied mm-hmm. right away yeah. with a ton of useful information. Yeah. Uh, whether it was evaluating. Um, like the value of my old gym when I was parting ways with that or what equipment to buy. Like people are pretty helpful for the most part. And yeah. I think like if people understood that more, they would be able to make these jumps a little bit mm-hmm. easier. What, yeah. Was there a pain point that you were like, okay, I got to go do this yoga thing or else I'm going to regret it forever if I don't at least try? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't say it, I'd regret it forever so much. I'm a planner, and so my original plan was when I retire, I'm going to teach yoga. Mm. I'm not retired yet. (laughs) So I clearly jumped the plan like 20, 30 years ahead of myself. Um, But I know yoga has always been part of my life. Um, I started practicing yoga eight years ago, and it's really been the constant. Like I went to grad school, and that was really stressful, and finding community, finding gurus and sages um, and lifelong friends at least at the community I was at was really helpful there and um, even like before I left my job at the nonprofit, I was like well I'll probably teach one class right Um, finding what's sustainable for yourself you can definitely be a full time yoga teacher and teach 20 classes Um, but I think for me that's a lot and right now I'm looking at least for my short term goals if I can at least have four to five a week that's good enough I'm the type of person who likes to have a lot of different projects and clearly that's why not only am I doing yoga teaching yoga I'm doing career coaching and I'm finding different projects to work on because I like to keep active and not necessarily stick to one thing constantly I'm the type of person who has many passions um my sister says like you're a very expensive friend (laughs) (laughs) because there's so many passions I like sharing about it and then trying to get a lot of people involved and my sister's been the one who's like she is my best friend and she hears everything and she's like you know sometimes you're not you're not like high maintenance expensive you're just expensive because (laughs) you just are (laughs) always new things to do and try yeah and then putting the time and the money and investment in it um, but is there a specific demographic or type of person you're looking for on the career coaching side just curious because yeah. i have a ton of conversations every day every week about that type of thing yeah. with my members yeah i think that's one of that's actually part of my um learning curve right now yeah. as we're doing entrepreneurship is right now um i haven't don't have a website set up yet but i recently got photos and so i'm now nice. i'm starting to think about my marketing plan and who do i want to reach out with so um, I've definitely worked a lot with undergraduate students, but I'm also transitioning wanting to work with young adults. Cool. And then um, I have experience working with managers or folks who do want to switch. So uh, mm. with my background, because I have my master's in career counseling at SF State, it gives me, like, I can really work with a fifth grader all the way to someone who's planning to retire. So cool. I have a range of experience, but I would say my most focus would be young professionals and then... Perfect maybe to mid-level managers who are trying to figure out what's next in their life. Perfect. Yeah. We'll talk off mic, but yeah. I, have, I have a lot of referrals for you. Perfect. <laughs> in that demo, I mean, I was part of that. I still am. Yeah. There's so much going on living in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. You probably might need to take a job that you don't absolutely love, yeah. but it helps you 
afford to live here and the other things you want to do in life. Mm -hmm. So finding that balance between also actually doing the things you love in life and working this job that is so strenuous because you need to pay this rent in the Bay Area. Yeah. Like a lot goes on. And on on day one, we talk about a lot of that stuff here before we even work out. Mm -hmm. Um, I ask, and it's behind you, you can't see it right now, but we talk about what are your important roles in life first? Mm -hmm. Like, is it career first right now because you're 27 and you're really trying to climb the ladder? Um, Is it putting yourself back in that number one slot because uh, your kids are becoming more independent? They're Mm -hmm. in school five hours a day, so you can get away. And do some stuff for yourself, yeah. like work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's underneath that? Where does health fall? Yeah. Where do you want your health to fall? Mm-hmm. And then what do we need to do to start reorganizing those things? Definitely. What's one thing we need to do? What's mm-hmm. the one thing? And then what's the one thing that needs to go from your life that's impeding that progress? Mm-hmm. But that's our day one. No gym clothes. Come straight from work. Yeah. And we just talk about that. That's um, really great because I think you're really getting a chance to really listen in on what people want. And I think yeah. that's so important because... We just don't want to sit with ourselves and ask these questions. And having someone right? like yourself ask these questions and hold someone else accountable, but yeah. you want someone like that on your it's team. It's scary. Yeah. Like I, I yeah. have trouble with it myself. Yeah. So I know it's it's a thing. It's an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, more freeform, how can I help? What insight can I maybe provide? Or Yeah. What? Um, so because I have like many interests, so I think one of the things why I wanted to connect with you is to just get a sense of like, what are some of the trends in the fitness and health world? What are some things to look at? Lessons, hard lessons, um, any words of wisdom you want to um, share? Sure. I think going back to one point, like in sharing with listeners is that you'd be surprised how many people are willing to have that helping yeah. hand because they've gone through that process and they understand how challenging it could be. And I think the goal is for you to also pass down that wisdom and that kindness for other people. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you're going to get is no one replies back to your email or yeah. text. That's the thing. Like, no one, if they really don't want to help you or maybe they don't have the capacity, it's not yet, not the time to, for them to help yet, you're just going to hear a radio science, which is fine. I'm not going to yell at you. Yeah, yeah nobody's going <laughs> to reply mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At worst, it's no response. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's what it is. And then just... Um, don't worry too much about how many responses you're getting back because if I send 20 emails out and I get all 20 responses back, that's going to be overwhelming. And so know that I send 20, maybe I can assume 10 or less is going to reply back, and that's fine. And that's still going to make you progress for you. But the important part is to just keep putting yourself out there and keep going to do outreach and stuff like that. Um, and also I would say as a career coach, like I know that I'm privileged that as being an extrovert because we're definitely in a very more extroverted world, at mm-hmm. least through social media and stuff. If you do want to connect to find other ways to be, how do I put myself out there as an introvert and what can I do to find that work-life balance? I'm all up for having continued conversations for that. I think yeah. that's super valuable. Yeah. Um, I think of like the, the hard lessons, like you said, that I've mm-hmm. learned. For me, it's just been... People ask, like, how did you grow your membership base? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, it didn't start when I got the keys to this place. It started like five years ago when I was mm-hmm. teaching at a, a boot camp. And after that, I was going to full towels at a fitness center mm-hmm. and then part-time independent training. Mm-hmm. It gets started a long time ago okay. in like, sticking to my guns, doing things right, mm-hmm. like making sure I smile at everybody and, and take the time to get to know the people that are just walking into this corporate fitness center, mm-hmm. scanning their card 
And if I'm the guy that looks up to like genuinely says, Hey, how is your day going? Mm -hmm. And stays like eye contact locked yeah. to hear their answer and remember things about them. Not only is that going to do well for my business, it just feels good like, mm -hmm. to smile, to genuinely smile at somebody, say, how is your day going? Mm -hmm. And look at them like in the eye, like, Oh really? How is your day going? Like simple stuff like that. I've always been a big fan of. Okay. Like, in a in a job that I didn't love, I was folding towels at a corporate fitness center. If you've ever folded uh, mass use towels, you will see any and every bodily fluid on those towels ever. It was the worst job ever, but still, like I have connections to this day from that job. Mm -hmm. I keep in contact with at least like five people, mm -hmm. like people that became um, personal training clients, members of this gym, members of previous gyms. Mm -hmm. Like it just. It just pays to be good to people in this industry. Yeah. Um, I guess I have a natural knack because I actually like, do care. Mm -hmm. Like that's why I have this day one process where I need to know these soft things about you, mm -hmm. um, like who you are and things like that. But just find your your guiding light and just stick to it when everybody else is doing something mm -hmm. other than what you're doing. If someone is doing like a marketing plan or a something to to build their business that doesn't feel right to you and it doesn't mm -hmm. feel authentic just don't do it yeah. like if everybody is is doing cheesy instagram ads and you're not into that you, you don't do it yeah <laughs> don't do it <laughs> you know if if i'm doing a podcast and you said you're not an audio learner don't do a podcast yeah you know do video if you're more extroverted or whatever yeah. feels more authentic to yourself because that's what people care about okay. more than anything I have an about section on the origin website mm -hmm. and almost every person that comes in um, that I haven't met before mm -hmm. mentions that section. Nice. And sometimes they're even ready, like credit card in hand to join day one because that story, like it resonates. Okay. Uh, I worked three and a half years at, or seven years at a financial institution. I knew I would regret it forever if I didn't try this. Like mm -hmm. it was... It was two very con contrasting worlds for me. Yeah. Like you liked your, you love your, your previous yeah. job and you love this one. I was like ready to jump off the roof <laughs> at, at Citibank <laughs> and high stress. I came home. I, I didn't want to talk to anybody yeah. and I knew like I was good at this thing. Mm -hmm. People, I used to train people for free and then they were like, Hey, we should be paying you for this. You're no longer working out with us. You're teaching a class. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh. That's interesting. Um, okay, so we started doing that, and one class turned into two, and eventually I just gained up enough clients and courage to, to try it full time. I just knew like I would, I would hate myself yeah. if I didn't try this. Okay. And even if I still fail today, which is very possible, I could still fail tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. I would. I wouldn't regret anything. Okay. Um, so that was my driver to to push forward and. Mm -hmm. I just had a strong inner voice through a lot of personal development, yeah. reading a ton of books and mm -hmm. listening to more books than I read because I'm not a great reader. Yeah. Um, and like you said, just getting to know yourself. Yeah. Thanks. And um, how now that the folks that you've met, like once you were like at the other jobs. Yeah. So and now that they're all here, how do you I guess get new new members in? Um. You know, I've tried all the guerrilla marketing, okay. flyers, Facebook ads, and I think there is value to that. I just haven't quite figured out how to do it yet. Okay. 
and what people are going to respond to. So I'm going to keep working on that. Okay. Um, but more recently, I've told my members, like, hey, winter is slow for gyms. Like, it's not a secret, right? <laughs> yeah. People put health and fitness <laughs> on the back burner in the winter. Can you help by leaving a Yelp review? Okay. Because that would, if we could start moving towards the top of that when people search in Belmont and San Mateo, yeah. that would help a lot without, you know, having to do... I don't want to say not having to do a lot, but it would just help a lot. Yeah. And it's clear to them that I want to grow this gym. Mm -hmm. And it's only going to benefit them because I'm going to be able to afford more resources yeah. in the form of like physical resources, equipment, mm -hmm. coaches, yeah. continuing education for the coaches so mm -hmm. that we can pass that along, different seminars, mm -hmm. bigger and better parties. <laughs> like It's only going to get better as we yeah. grow. Um, and I just make that clear to people. Like, okay. This is a place where growth happens, where you're going to grow mm -hmm. inside the gym, outside the gym. I'm growing with you. Mm -hmm. This this business is growing. Yeah. And people want to be a part of that. Okay. And I think a lot of business owners are scared to cross that line and yeah. ask for the help. But that vulnerability where it's like, dude, I need your help. Like, can you take, yeah. like just straight up asking, can you take five minutes to leave the upper group? Okay. Or, you know, you mentioned your, your husband was struggling with his fitness. Mm -hmm. You've been doing amazing. Like, can we have a conversation? Mm -hmm. um, as long as you know you're doing the right things mm -hmm. within the gym to help these people and you're being authentic, yeah. I think it, it becomes easy to have that conversation. Yeah. I feel very comfortable because I know I'm giving my 1,000% effort mm -hmm. to these 38 to 40 people that are here. Yeah. And I guess that's one thing that I'm also trying to learn more about myself or, like, find my authentic voice. It's, like, how do you find that voice without, like, sounding so salesy? Because, you know, at the end of the day, we do need membership. We do need clients right. to help pay the bills. And then, like, on one hand, as a business person, like, when you're wearing your business hat, you're really nervous about it. On the other hand, you're mm -hmm. like, I don't want to be that person that, like, do, does so much, like, hard sale. I'm a horrible salesman. <laughs> I'm the worst the, I, but I figured out, again, like my inner voice, I figured okay. out my, my hack, if you will, okay. to me being a great salesman. I just have to believe in it. Okay. So at Citibank and Bank of America, when it was a checking account, uh -huh. I was always the lowest like of all the 40 personal bankers in the peninsula. Yeah. I was the worst. Because I didn't believe in it. It's, yeah. it's just a checking. It has checks. It has a card. It does nothing special for this person. However, when I figured out and started working with a new like mentor and boss, okay. we started moving towards mortgages. Helping somebody save money on an existing mortgage mm -hmm. or helping them get a mortgage for a new house. Yeah. Like that's more, it resonated really hard with me. Okay. The phone call making, making a phone call saying, Hey, you know, you're paying way too much. Your, your rate is too high. We can save you $500 a month. Mm -hmm. well, let's do this. Like, yeah. That phone call and that process thereafter, even though it's way harder, the mortgage takes, you know, 30, 60, 90 days resonated way more with me and okay. that's when I really first started figuring out like okay I'm good at this it just needs to be something I believe in okay and the way I built this gym I believe in the the elements of personal training nutrition um, if you walk down there it looks like a CrossFit gym I like the way they set up CrossFit yeah. gyms it's it's a minimalist approach uh, it's quick and dirty lots of big movements that yeah. make a high impact on you in a short amount of time um, and then the things I learned from boot camps like the high energy the community yeah. I believe in all the elements, mm -hmm. therefore I'm really comfortable saying, I think this will be a good place for you. Yeah. Based on what you told me, you know, I listened for an hour, this works. Yeah. And I think it's going to work for you really well. Mm -hmm. um, so it doesn't feel like I'm selling 
or anything. Yeah. I just think I, there's a problem out there. I, I know who fits that problem, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go speak to them about it. Okay. You know, if they don't join, you know, not the end of the world. Yeah. You know, like you were saying, if you make, if you outreach to 20 people and 20 get back to you, you might be a little overwhelmed anyway. <laughs> the way I look at it, if I, if I reach out to 20 and one replies, like, I don't even pay attention to the 19. Yeah. I look at it as I got one. Mm-hmm. Whether it's one for one or one for 100. Yeah. The net of one is the same. So like, yeah. I, I don't really sweat the other ones. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, How else can I help? What would... Uh, what would be one of the things that I guess um, for someone who is transitioning to fitness and wellness, what's one thing that you would say that they should know about? Like, what's important? Because we're working with people and their yeah. movements. Uh, um, I talked to Albert about this the other day a little bit too. It doesn't, like the actual movements in programming, uh-huh. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I forget, it might have been John Wooden, but the quote is, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Okay. That's the best way to put it. Um, Yeah. You have to know things about these people to be able to to impact their lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where fitness is now. You can't just, you know, kill somebody with 100 burpees anymore and, you know, a, a long run and have them laying on the floor after every workout that doesn't work anymore. Mm. It's shifted to where people want a personal connection. Okay. The smaller gyms and the smaller places, boutique is like, it's winning right now mm-hmm. because people want more, especially in this area. Okay. You know, there's a little, we're, we're more open to talking about our feelings with mm-hmm. a personal trainer, coach type person. Yeah. And having them and being open to them so that they can help us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, they just nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. I'm like the most, if you look at my LinkedIn profile, like the most undercertified gym owner in the world because I don't really believe that that's where my value add is. Mm-hmm. It's important to know those things. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. And I do know them. Okay. But I don't think that a bunch of letters under my title mm-hmm. is what makes me good here. Yeah. It's the experience. It's my previous experience working in corporate America, mm-hmm. relating to people there, observing like the challenges that people go through in the break room, for example. Yeah. Like there's cookies, there's Pizza Friday in the break room. Like yeah. I understand. I've been in those break rooms <clears throat> and I've sat there and I've ate my chicken breast and broccoli while everybody else is eating pizza. Mm-hmm. I know that people are gonna throw shade at you. I'm like, yeah. are you sick of your chicken breast? Like, no, I'm not, because this makes me feel amazing. Yeah. And it fuels me. To go do the other things. Yeah. Another thing I just heard the other day. I can't remember where I heard it. But um, it was something to the tone of nobody goes to your gym to get fit. They go to your gym to be able to do the things that fit people do. For example. Okay. I, I, same yeah, look yeah. on my face at first. I was like, it kind of makes sense, but I don't know what it means. Yeah. Um, I went to Hawaii. Never surfed. Deathly afraid of the ocean. Okay. Like, never... I'm a, I'm a land sport player. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I got on the surfboard the first try because my training here allows me to do almost anything I want to do physically outside. Okay. Whether it's like taking my shirt off at the beach, I feel confident doing that. Going and trying a new sport that I have no clue about surfing. Yeah. Uh, going on a hike that was like a 25-minute stair climb in Hawaii. <laughs> 
Like all these things I do without thinking. Okay. And I really, really, really enjoy that. Like if a friend gives me a call on a Friday night, like, hey, can you come play softball? Can you sub in our rec league mm. basketball game? I'm there okay. without thinking about it. And for me, that's my like, thing. Like I always want to be able to spring into action and mm-hmm. just do whatever. I never want to be as old as I like. I know I'm 30 now, so it's easy to say, but I want to continue this for, like, yeah. forever. So that's how I train. Okay. And it might mean some days, like you said, it might be a restorative day yeah. instead of redlining every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have an outside purpose for my training. Yeah. Nice. Um, I think that's a really interesting thing that you brought up. Like, I never thought about it that way, where folks are coming in not just for, like, someone, like, yelling at them. Although there are some people who love that, which is totally yeah. fine, because everyone has different ways of fitness. But right. and, and this might not be a place for you if that's what you need. Yeah. I'm not really that guy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't think I've really noticed that about that trend yet until you shared it. So thank you. Um, and that really gives you a perspective because I know like in the yoga world, we're, um, doing a lot more trauma informed. So being more mindful of my words when I say like, step out like six feet, um, put your legs, uh, spread your feet, like six feet. I'm like, I am not over five feet. So one, they're ready to connect. <laughs> but if I say like, hey, step apart, step your feet apart as wide as you can, that's much more friendly. And especially with, mm. um, given our like political and then we're like, we're much more conscious and then much more um, aware of what people come in and like any trauma or any health things because we know like in our body, we hold a lot of different emotions. And so... Um, I think that makes sense where people do want that connection be heard and be seen mm-hmm. and reclaiming that voice and like what they want for their health narrative or for their life and, and sustainability. I totally believe in being sustainable in my yoga practice. So that's why I don't do all 50 chaturangas. Like I definitely do modified ones when I'm listening to my body. And I think that's one. It also rely, uh, relates to entrepreneurship because it's really listening to yourself. And like on the days I do feel exhausted, then I don't go out. Right. Um, the days where I need to feel a little bit more invigorated is being able to fit that into my schedule. So, yeah. That's, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Um, anything else before we wrap up? I think that's all the questions that I have. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you go by Jess, Jessica? I go by Jessica. You, um, my <laughs> business name is Just a Moment, so probably they'll pick up. We're going to... I'll put a, a link in the, the show description okay. to... Your Instagram profile. Yeah. Eventually, when you make the website, I can edit it. We can even add that into. Okay. Um, but December first at Being Yoga yeah. in Burlingame on El Camino. Yes. Uh, what time? Four thirty to five forty-five. Four thirty to five forty-five. Is that heated? What? It's a non-heated all levels, cool. and then we'll do sixty minutes of vinyasa, and then a fifteen-minute sequence for restorative. So you'll get a chance to really. To, um, step into the water of what restorative yoga is like and it's basically like an extended shavasana a lot of people sometimes go to an asana practice or yoga practice like my favorite prize shavasana where we lay down there yes. so that's what restorative yoga is but we use props and bolsters and so that'll be really great for you to explore what restorative yoga is awesome um thank you for being here this is always fun for me to talk about this type of stuff it like yeah. lights my fire and kind of gets yeah. me remotivated so thank you for for pushing me to do this of course thanks for having me on here uh, of course